Broken Pieces Part 2. The tragic yet blessed part of being human is that we have to, or get to, live with the things that have happened to us. We have to muster up the ability to face each day with either a sense of victory or defeat. The choice is ours to make. Each perspective carries its own set of challenges. See, to walk in victory, you must look at the glass half full. In other words, things are not as bad as they seem. Kind of like the song, The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow by Alicia Morton. The idea that no matter how bad it is, because the sun will shine tomorrow, there's a chance that things will change and life will be better. The other perspective takes work as well, but it's to look at life with a spirit of defeat. Some people struggle to see the upside of things. So when they wake up in the morning, they see what might go wrong rather than thinking about what could go right. They think about the negative things that might happen to them in the course of a day of sorts. They live out of the broken pieces rather than living despite them. Either way, we all have to live with broken pieces. Last week, I asked you a question about whether or not you would change your past heartaches or sorrows in favor of having not experienced them at all, risking the person you have become. I tried to make a case that what we are now is not only because of the good things that have happened to us, but because of the bad as well. We are a composite expression of life as we know it. Kirk Franklin, the noted songwriter, composer, producer, and award-winning artist, talks about in one of his songs the tragedy of his upbringing being the springboard for the person that he has become. As a matter of fact, he says, the pain was preparation for my destiny. So often we want to become something awesome without proper preparation. Sometimes preparation, y'all, means pain. It means disappointment. It means tragedy. It means the kind of stuff no one wants to go through. But it also means strength and character, intestinal fortitude, tenacity, and a never-say-die attitude. Because if you die, you will never see the investment of your pain. You will never see what happens if you live. So many times as believers, we pray that God will use us for his glory and praise, but we forget there was a cross he died on. And before the cross was the pain of a whip laden with broken pieces of metal and bone on his back. Having or living with broken pieces is not about being broken, but about the pieces you are left with. For instance, my mother is the incredible cook. And just to be honest, most of us say our mothers are great cooks, but I guess I'm biased because she's my mother. But I'm, I kid you not, y'all. My mama can go in that kitchen. She's an incredible whiz in the kitchen. I remember having leftovers in our refrigerator from a function we had at church. I pastor, from a church uh, I pastored at the time. We were all sick of eating hamburgers and hot dogs or whatever it was. She took the leftovers and turned them into a pot of something that was better than the original. My friend happened to be over and was hungry. I told him, I said, man, mama made something. It's in the kitchen. It's on the stove. He ate it and said, man, what in the world is this? This is off the chain. I said, my mama made it from the pieces that were left over from the original meal. He said, bruh, this here is show enough good. I said, you can thank my mama for that. In a very realistic way, when we look back on our lives, God took the pieces of our pain, heartache, misery, disappointments, and turned them into something that blessed our lives despite the origin or its original intent. The pain may have been designed to take us out, but God used it to make our lives richer and more fulfilled. It's not about being broken. It's about the pieces that are left behind. 
There is this account in the Bible told by Luke, one of the Lord's disciples concerning Paul's journey to Rome. It's found in Acts chapter 27. The account comes on the heels of Paul's appeal to be sent to Caesar in Rome because the people he used to serve with had turned on him. They wanted to kill him because he now stood for Jesus Christ. He had just shared his transformation story with King Agrippa and his wife Bernice concerning Jesus. Now he is about to set sail in pursuit of his request to stand before Caesar. Julius, a centurion of the Augustan regiment, oversaw the ship. They would sell on Paul as well as some other prisoners were put under his command. Julius treated Paul with kindness. He let him go to his friends and receive care. All in all, it was, you know, a good trip until the winds became contrary. But that is how broken pieces start. The day looks normal and uneventful until you run into contrary winds. When they came to Myra, the city of Lycia, Julius found an Alexandrian ship sailing to Italy and put them all on board. In verses 7 and 8, the temperament of the text starts to change. There are some broken pieces about to take place. It says, We sailed slowly for a number of days and arrived with difficulty off of Nidus. And as the wind did not allow us to go farther, we sailed under the lee of Crete off of Salmone, coasting along it with difficulty. We came to a place called Fair Havens near, which was the city of Lazia. They sailed slowly for several days, but arrived with difficulty. Did you catch it? When we are going through our broken moments, it seems like it will never end. One antagonistic moment after another. But know this, you will arrive even if the journey is difficult. In the case of our text, Paul tried to advise them that they should wait it out. But Julius wouldn't listen. He listened to the helmsman and the owner of the ship they had boarded instead. How many times have people tried to give us advice about this, that, and the other, but we wouldn't listen only to look back and say, I should have, I could have, I would have. Whatever we went through may have been avoided, but we wouldn't listen. As the story goes, they start throwing things overboard to lighten the ship in hopes of creating some sense of buoyancy, but to no avail. Finally, Paul says, you should have listened to me and not sail from Crete, but don't be afraid. Take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, only the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men. For I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. As the story goes, they did arrive safely, holding on to broken pieces of the ship. There are some key things in this text that I want to bring to your attention. Number one, counsel as we face the crisis moments of our lives is critical. It can make all the difference to whether or not you arrive safely. Number two. When you are in crisis, remember who you worship because it changes how you see where you are. Number three, listen to the voice of God and respond accordingly. He's all powerful and he can handle whatever you face. Number four, 
Because you are a child of God, he is with you. Number five, your destiny will come to pass despite what you go through if you obey God's commands. The story finishes with them losing the ship but maintain their lives. They lost their stuff but arrived unhurt. That's our story. We have some broken pieces individually and collectively as a nation, but the significance of our story is not the broken part, but the pieces that are left behind. It's not just what we remember, but how we remember. God delivered us all. We made it home, y'all, on broken pieces. I'm Dr. Alvin Summers, pastor of East Campus of First Baptist Church, Indian Trail, Marshville, North Carolina, and you've been listening to Soul Food.